Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. I really believe that what God really wants to do with this next move, it's a wave of people. It's a wave of the body of Christ, knowing exactly who they are and what they were created for and what God wants to do in the earth. It's a wave of people who are so enamored with the goodness of God that they become dispensers of his mercy. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, You can find out more information on our website at christinaperera.org. Do you have a loved one's special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperera.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. He is an international speaker, a church planter, and the author of 10 Prophetic Values for Today, Hearing, Glorifying, and Restoring God's Voice. I have with me here today, Pastor James Levesque. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, well, I'm so happy to have you. And I hope I did your name right. I double-checked before, but... I love your name. Are you French? Yes. You know, what's crazy is actually I wasn't French, but I have such a crazy testimony. And basically my mom changed my name at five years old to James Levesque. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was born into a crazy situation. It's honestly like a movie type thing. But my mom really changed my name at five to protect me from my real dad who I never knew. But here's the interesting thing. I often thought of changing my name because I'm mainly Italian, you know, like my grandparents didn't speak English. They were from Italy. And one time I was in Paris and I was getting ready to speak. And the pastor there said, man, I love your last name. And I had to break it to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. There's no (laughs) French in me. And he goes, no, your name actually means bishop. Ah. So Levesque means the bishop. 
And I thought that was fitting. I thought it was the Lord on God to do that, right? Oh, I and, love that. Uh, so, so I never changed my name because it means James the Bishop. I love that so much. I love it. Well, and it fits perfectly into your role and what you do. I mean, I've told our listeners a lot about you. And now that they know you're not French, can you tell them something about you? Maybe something personal just to help get to know you? Hmm. Man, I've traveled to, I think, over 70 nations. And before I was 20, I never left Connecticut or New York City, really. So kind of crazy. I'm wow. a big sports fan. I coached my son's soccer last year for the first time. So, yeah, a lot of things. I love that. Are you a hockey fan? Yeah, well, I'm in the Tampa area now, but my wife's from Vancouver. Ah. So, you know, so kind of dating her, I would go to Canucks games. So I'm just starting to, like, slowly get into it more. Mm. It's a great sport. My husband's very into hockey. He's from Pittsburgh. I have to say, if I'm going to watch oh, any yeah, sport, yeah. I'd rather watch hockey. Yeah, it's so fast-paced and interesting. But anyway. Yeah, they're diehards up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> he won't be upset I'm telling people that. Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I loved reading through your book, 10 Prophetic Values for Today. And I really liked your subtitle. Hearing, glorifying, and restoring God's voice. Tell me how God put that on your heart to write that. Yeah, you know, we're very prophetic as far as our ministry and who we are as a people. You know, we love prophetic ministry. We teach people to learn how to hear God's voice. Prophecy is so important. I believe that we were all wired to hear God's voice. I think we weren't meant to move forward without that voice. Mm -hmm. And after 2020, things got pretty interesting, right? Yeah. As a pastor, you know, I've been pastoring for a long time. I watched a lot of people get real hurt over maybe false prophetic words, some more prophetic things that haven't come to pass. People got real disenfranchised. Some of it was elections, some were. And mm -hmm. it was kind of like a real moment there where I had prophetic friends that were just really missing the mark. There was a lot of Facebook stuff happening and a lot mm -hmm. of people that were really just following hype instead of really listening to the Lord. It yeah. was a wild place where a lot of the fathers I knew that really did hear God's voice clearly, they were silent. Yeah. A lot of the young people who wanted to get noticed weren't. Yep. And it was kind of out of that, man, I just leaned into heaven and the Lord really just spoke to me and said, look, I'm going to restore my voice on this earth. And, you know, not that he stopped speaking, but it was more mm -hmm. about the clarity and people starting to hear God again. And so I just grabbed the pen and the Lord really just gave me these values, these principles. It really is almost a calling back to some degree, you know, mm -hmm. that through these principles that we would begin to hear God clearer than ever before. And we would begin to see his voice in a powerful way on this earth. Mm, yeah. I love that so much. When I was reading through it, those principles that you're talking about, it almost reminded me of some of the fruit of the spirit, perseverance and other things like that. And I really feel that that's a place where we haven't really done the prophetic movement justice. It's been all about the gifts and not about the fruit and about the integrity and things like that. And I completely understand and agree with you. It was interesting when all the 2020 and all the 2016 prophecies and things were coming out specifically about the political things 
what the Lord was speaking to me was completely opposite of what I heard people saying in the body of Christ. And I just hung back. I kept silent for a long time. The only time I broke my silence was actually the January 6th insurrection. I live pretty close to DC and about about two hours from DC. And I had a lot of friends that were streaming on Facebook that they were there. And I sent out, you know, messages to all my friends. And I said, you need to leave because you're in danger right now. And some of them wrote back and they said, you know, we felt something was really off and we left and others I never heard back from, but I caught so much flack. (laughs) I lost a lot of friends, but I will not keep silent when I see people are in danger, physically in danger. I just cannot and I will not. And um, yeah, it's been a very, very tough time. I know for me, just watching some of the social media prophets, it's been very hard. It's been very hard and it's been kind of the Lord's really had to do a work in my heart and really show me that there is a redeeming value in social media and we can take it from social media to social ministry, but it needs to be done with such integrity and such honor and we don't need to be peddling the words of the Lord for recognition, you know, (laughs) that's not a good thing and that terrifies me and I think it should put enough fear of God in every believer that they should be concerned about that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that hearing in a lot of these principles in the book is just it's realizing that everything in our Christian walk is either helping us hear clearer or kind of mucking it up for us. Right. Right. And so the Bible is clear that you prophesy in part, you, you know, in part, but You know, we are living in a day where people are just, they're not spending time with the Lord like Mm -hmm. they should. Yes. And as a result, they're not hearing clear enough. And so some of these principles to some people are very basic and it's all, man, like I forgot about this, but it all contributes towards the clarity of God's voice in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So these 10 principles that you're talking about here, I'm just going to read them so that our listeners can hear them. So the value of integrity, the value of priority, the value of perseverance, the value of emotional health, the value of relationships, the value of loving the written word of God, the value of endless hope, the value of knowing what we've been given, the value of our speech, and the value of generosity. Can you maybe pick one of those values right there? And can you maybe talk about how important you think that particular one is? Maybe we'll go through and we'll do a couple of these. What do you think, James? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could pick anyone and I'm, yeah. gosh, I feel like they're all so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about the value of relationships? Can you share more about that with our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, we're relational people. God created us to live in relationship. Mm-hmm. As a pastor, I think, you know, I remember in the early days, all I saw was flaws in the church, right? It's not hard to see. Yeah. And God really touched my heart for the people of God, right? The church is not a building, it's people. Mm-hmm. And I realized that we were meant to live in community with one another and in healthy relationships. I also realized those relationships are so essential to our lives, right? The Bible Mm -hmm. says that bad company will corrupt your good morals. 
Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that, you know, the people that are in our lives are inadvertently speaking into those things. And when I look at relationships, they help you. They help you think kingdom if they're the right relationships. They help you to hear God clearer if it's the right relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are not surrounding themselves around kingdom relationships. And so depending on the relationships you have, oh man, I've watched people throw their calling away. Because Mm -hmm. they spend more time at work with buddies over a beer, you know what I mean? Than surrounding themselves with, you know, people that are pulling you higher, that are are challenging you, right? A lot of younger people I deal with today, they don't want to be challenged. They feel like anything that's uncomfortable can't be God. But yet, you know, as iron sharpens iron, we sharpen each other. And sometimes that looks like, hey, that's not a good idea. And then another big aspect of relationship that I'm 100% behind is fathering and mothering. Mm -hmm. There's such a gap of true mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. It goes to both sides. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe we were meant to live without really healthy spiritual parents. You know, Paul said, you have 10,000 instructors, but you don't have many fathers. Mm, yeah. Anyways, a lot of the pastors or quote fathers that we think are out there are really just taskmasters. Yeah. They're celebrating you as long as you're doing what they want you to. But right. God wants to give us real fathers and mothers. And I've just been fortunate not having a dad, growing up in a broken home, dropping out of high school, you know, just the worst story you can imagine. I am surrounded by incredible healthy mothers and fathers that if I wasn't in ministry tomorrow, they would still be in my life, supporting me, helping me through whatever. And a lot of people don't have that, you know, Mm -hmm. and some people don't even have that desire because they just feel like it's not even possible. But yet another healthy relationship that, man, if you surround yourself with really mature people, when I first got born again, it was an elder woman in the church. Mm -hmm. Her name was Georgiana. I was just a project kid. You know, she was even a deacon at this church. But she was so much older than me. But she looked at me coming off the streets and said, son, you need to go preach the gospel. You're called. You need to go get a soapbox. So I've always (laughs) had these healthy, she was filled with the Holy Ghost at four, you know, but you need that. And I try to be that. I just turned 43. So I feel like I'm getting older, but I try to do that with all the younger people in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm surrounded with pastors that are younger than me that I'm trying to pour my life into. And help them see clearer than they are right now. So, man, I think relationships are so essential. They are. You know, I can really relate to many parts of your story. I did know my dad, but he was in all ways not there. He has some really serious issues that he deals with. And I unfortunately no longer have a relationship with him because it's just not safe for me or my family. And it's a very heartbreaking Mm. situation. But you know what? I believe that one day when I get to heaven, I might actually get to meet who my dad was created to be if he doesn't get healing and deliverance the side of heaven. So I still have hope. But I absolutely love that. And I too was very fortunate to have a spiritual father in my life who saw who I was and who I was created to be. And I love that you're spiritual mom, she saw who you were and she called that out in you. You need to go get a soapbox because I'm sure as a kid coming off the streets, you didn't have any grid for that, but she planted something in your soul. And, you know, my first spiritual father, who I still absolutely love and still am in relationship with, 
he saw something in me too that I didn't see. He looked at me one day and he said, you're a great healing evangelist. That's what you are. And I was like, I didn't even know what a healing evangelist was. I had to go look it up. Right. But it's so interesting that, that prophetic, just that moment right there. It set something in you and it set something in me, a seed that was then watered and nurtured and grown. And I'm sure you can relate you know, that relationship, it took time. It took lots of meetings with over tea and coffee, and it took lots of time sitting down with her talking. And it's just not a quick one and done. It's a nurturing. It's a constant. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I don't think it stops, right? Right. Although uh, she's not here anymore. Sadly, she passed a few years ago, but no, I'm so you know, sorry. now I'm, I'm surrounded with so many more that are helping me in yes. different areas that I'm at in my life. So yeah, I'm hundred percent true. Yes. And you know, it's interesting to me too, because if we look back in the revival culture and I love to go back and study all of the different people that have come before us, one of the the places where we really kind of fell down as the body is passing the torch on. And I love that you're doing that. You're trying to pour into others so that they can come and run after you're gone. Can you talk about how important that is? Absolutely. You know, it's kind of funny you're saying that because this morning, about a couple of years ago, we have so many churches in the Northeast in Connecticut. We transitioned a couple of years ago down to Madeira Beach, Florida, where we kind of base out of and got a great property here and an amazing church. But there's a lot of fathers in the faith that come down here to this coast in Florida. Mm. And uh, it's funny, a couple of years ago, they were not even here. Now they're just all here. And so one of the things I love to do is spend as much time as I can at the feet of these generals. And mm. I was speaking with one of them today, led so many movements through Toronto and Canada and the U.S. and, you know, in the renewal days with Vineyard and different things. And I'm just sitting with him, man. I'm just drawing everything I can. Yeah. You know, he's a, uh, uh, Steve Wood, he's pastor in the Bethel Cleveland church right now. And I'm just like, dude, I'm learning everything I can. And the funny thing is what I actually asked him this morning, something you just mentioned, I just said, you know, why does it seem like these torches are so hard to hand down? Mm-hmm. You look at these, because I'm such a student in, uh, of revival and studying mm-hmm. moves of God. And it seems like there's like this drought, people begin to cry out to God. Here mm-hmm. comes like deliverers and people that God raises up. And then somehow either they fall or it never gets handed down, which seems to be properly. And then it's almost like you go back in the cycle again. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, there's got to be a place where, you know, you hand the torch on and it just burns. Right. Yeah. I don't think that the sons in my life have what I have. They're not that crazy. They're not that radical. They have their own gifting and their own radical. And I'm Mm -hmm. not wanting them to be James Levesque. You know what I mean? I was in bars at 21 prophesying over everybody. I'm not expecting them to be that wild. Yeah. But the reality is they have their own radical, but there's got to be a way a torch is passed, even though they're not as whatever as I am, but it still flourishes in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I'm learning. I don't have the answers to all of this, but I do believe that we cannot let the recipes die with this older generation, man. Because they've seen God move, they've experienced, you know, they have just enough knowledge now to know the way. They may not have the time in their life anymore to do it over, but I feel like God's given us these heroes 
of mm-hmm. the faith. You know, I was so blessed to be able to have lunch with Billy Graham, right? I was mm, that's great. so blessed. Three weeks before he passed, I went to Reinhard Bonnke's house and spent the whole day with him. That's I mean, amazing. these are like, we're talking about hundreds of millions of souls between these guys. But it's such a treasure for me because I, all I want to do is just soak up everything I can from this prior generation. So we have a recipe that we can hand down to another generation, you know? Yes, I completely understand. And I completely agree with you. I've got so many revival books and, you know, I've got like the whole collection, the Robert Liardin works of like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and Amy Simple McPherson. And this was so crazy. I have to tell you the story. So I was on my way to Voice of the Apostles and I was reading this revival book that Bill Johnson was talking about. And it was all about Reinhardt Bonnke. And this was so crazy. So I walk into this meeting and I'm like feasting on this story of how Reinhardt Bonnke met this great revivalist and was anointed by him and all of this stuff. And I was like, man, Lord, it would be so amazing if I could meet him. I literally was walking down the hallway at this conference center and I looked up and Reinhardt Bonnke is standing next to me. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, uh, uh, I was like, I'm reading in your book <laughs> how you met, how you, <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, he goes, that's a great story, but a really long story. And so we walked and we got to walk for a while, to, like wow. to this conference and he gets up in this conference and there's like 3000 people. This is voice of the apostles. And He goes, the Holy Spirit will not let me get away. He tells the story so I can hear it straight from his mouth. No way. That's incredible. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. You have to tell me what that story was. Oh, yes, absolutely. It was all about how he met, uh, was it William Jeffries? And I think it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I got to hear it straight from his mouth. And then a couple of years later, you know, unfortunately, he had had a stroke and. Yeah. So it's so interesting that we're talking about this. I always find that Jesus weaves these conversations even before we get on the phone together. Isn't it amazing? He's just totally. Well, you know, I got a call. I was with a friend of mine, an evangelist friend of mine who was like a real son to him. We were in Connecticut just spending the day together. And he gets a call and he's like, do you want to go see Reinhard Bonnke and spend the day with him tomorrow? And I'm like, what? wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I almost didn't think it was real. I'm like, listen, if you did that, I'll buy your ticket and we'll go. And uh, yeah, he wasn't doing the best in his health. Yeah. And I think Kenneth Copeland was trying to bring him to Brazil or something and had a jet for him. Mm. And he wasn't feeling good. I don't know if he yeah. fell or what, but he wasn't feeling good. and He couldn't make it. So he had the Friday free and he was calling my friend and saying, let's spend the day together. And so it was really incredible. I mean, we literally spent the day together. We went to a steakhouse together. He prayed over us, just told me lots of stories. I mean, it was like amazing, you know? Mm. And then when he passed, it was like really hard. And I was almost grieving. I didn't realize yeah. why. And then shortly after that, T.B. Joshua died. He had all these like radical men of faith. And it was kind of like, yes, you realize that there's a cloth leaving the earth. Mm-hmm. just the fabric that you don't see as much anymore. Yeah. I think it was just sad, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it really seems like ever since 2020 has happened, there's been a real changing of the guard. 
so many areas in the prophetic movement and the apostolic in so many areas. And I think, you know, we're sitting here talking about the key to passing down that torch. And I think it is just that is just sitting down with these amazing men and women of faith and feasting and drawing from them as much as we can. And even reading works and accounts of things of people who've gone on before us, like Smith Wigglesworth and Amy Simple McPherson and all these amazing people, because I don't know about you, but I can still feel the fire on their teachings and what they're saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just so amazing. And I really believe I really believe, and I don't know if this is in your heart or not, but I really believe that what God really wants to do with this next move, it's a wave of people. It's a wave of the body of Christ, knowing exactly who they are and what they were created for and what God wants to do in the earth. It's a wave of people who are so enamored with the goodness of God that they become dispensers of his mercy, much like Jesus when he walked the earth. And I've been pondering this a lot lately. You know, the people who really hated Jesus were the religious community. And the people loved him. The sick loved him. The sinners loved him. The demon possessed fell at his feet. They loved him. And the Lord was speaking to me the other day. He was like, if they hated me, how much do you think they're going to hate you? (laughs) And I told myself, well, that's good news because that means I look like you, right? (laughs) Right. Guess what that gets us? (laughs) True. So true. It doesn't get us powerful platforms and things like that. It gets us persecution upon persecution upon persecution. But that means we look like Jesus, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can you share one more of these amazing prophetic values that we really need to hang on to in this hour? Yeah, you know. I think one we talked about was endurance. Mm -hmm. I think I remember one time Bill Johnson was teaching and he said one of the little known keys, like the reason the outpouring happened in Acts 2 was endurance. Mm. And I realized like endurance and persevering, going, being able to stand and go through all that God has for you. A lot of people, you know, the Bible says they that endure to the end Mm -hmm. will be saved. And when you've been tried, everyone will be tried by fire, right? There's no free run up the side. There's no easy route to the kingdom. Matter of fact, you know, the old saints would tell you there was a price mm-hmm. for power. There was a price for miracle presence. And I'd say this younger generation, meaning when I see people 40 and under, they don't want any difficulties. You know, a lot of kids don't want to face anything. I see it in grown people too. And one of the things we have to do is learn to persevere. Listen, the question is, where does God want you? And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's going to be worth it, but it's not going to be easy. And, you know, faith doesn't make it easy, but it makes it possible. And there are times in our lives where if God says, go here, then we have to go there. Doesn't mean we understand. Mm -hmm. You think of Mark 6, they got into the boat, right? Jesus tells them we're going to go to the other side. Well, nobody was confused what the will of the Lord was. They were going to the other side. They get into the boat, they're heading to the other side, and all of a sudden a storm comes. Well, that's not what they expected. And it's interesting because there's a verse there in Mark 6 that says, they got into the boat as he was to them. 
Mm. Little known scripture. And I remember at the beginning of 2020, the Lord said to me, there's a storm coming mm -hmm. and I'm in your boat. And basically whoever he was to you at that moment is who he's going to be through it all. Mm. If he's just the savior, you're going to be struggling when you're concerned about a flu. If he's your healer and your provider, then nothing's going to touch you through any storms of life. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been conditioned to go through storms, right? We're conditioned to say, well, the grace is lifted. Oh, this must be that God's not with me. No, maybe mm -hmm. he actually is with you. Mm -hmm. And part of what he's trying to do is perfect his will through your life. And you're going to come out greater than ever. Yeah. And so being willing to say yes, without changing your, you know, yes, because it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And everything God has called us to do, right? It's been challenges met when you say yes, there's difficulties, there's faith that needs to be believed for, but it doesn't change, right? I remember one time it was a Tuesday night, I was teaching at our West Haven, Connecticut location, and I was going through a lot of pressure, a lot of financial things we were believing for, a lot of stress. And mm -hmm. I remember as I'm teaching, I wasn't even talking about whatever subject, I was just teaching. Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord says to me, you know, what do you feel right now? And I'm thinking, I feel like I'm going to die. I feel so stressed out. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, here's the thing. If you ask me, I'll remove it from you today. All mm -hmm. the pressure will end. The whole thing will stop. But if you want to go to where I'm bringing you, you're going to have to face it again. Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment I realized it's almost like your rubber band in a slingshot. You're being so pulled and stretched. And then, boom, you, you soar to a whole nother level. And you're like, wow, this was so worth it, you know? But a lot of people aren't willing to go through what's needed. And so we have yeah. to understand that whatever season we're in, if we know that this is where God has called us to be, then we have to be ready to face the difficulties that might come. And it doesn't mean we're going to be overtaken by them. We won't. We've given authority and power over every storm. But mm -hmm. we have to be willing to go through whatever season it is. And so, you know, I don't look at people that are where they're supposed to be don't have to ask why. Mm -hmm. I don't look for easiness in my life and think that that's a sign of God's favor. Because yep. at the very same time that there's struggles and things that you're processing and going through, there's great miracles waiting for you and there's great fruit on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's so I so think good. endurance is so important. That's so good. And you're preaching to me, James, because man, we've <laughs> been through the ringer. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's so interesting because you're right. Like Jesus said, we're going to the other side, but sometimes we're in the midst of that storm and we start to cry out, where are you? Why is this happening? Like it had never entered into our mind that going to the other side includes the storm. And I think we have to wrap our brains around that. And I just told my husband this yeah. morning, you have to understand that we're sitting on the edge of a clash between two kingdoms. And unfortunately, your wife has been one of the ones who said yes to God. And it just right. is the way it is. <laughs> we can take authority oh. and you know, we can use it, but it's not going to stop the fact that we are the ones trying to advance the kingdom. Absolutely. And you're right. There is absolutely a price to pay for it. And one day, I believe, you know, we'll all look back and we'll all say it was worth every moment because there's coming a time when he's going to assign each of us roles and positions in eternity. And it's all based on what we do here now, our oh. obedience here now, our faithfulness here now, all of what he's done here. Did we run with it? 
did we take the ball down the end zone, you know? Right. Did we advance the kingdom? So true. And if you think about it, so they get in the boat, the storm comes, and they ended up landing. Everybody forgets the other side of the story. They end up landing on shore, and the man of the Gadarenes is waiting for him. So yeah. Legion, the most demonic. So can you imagine being a disciple? You're leaving with them, right? You're trying to get an IG post. You get <laughs> in the boat, you think you're dying. And then you get on land and see the most treacherous <laughs> demoniac you've ever seen. And here's what's crazy. The demon who encountered Jesus knew who he was, which is incredible. Because it's like this weird moment where the disciples weren't fully sure what the demons were. The demons knew who he was. And what they said is, whatever you do, cast us out, but just don't send us out of this place, meaning mm -hmm. the land. They did not want to leave the territory. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening was he got so delivered that the region got transformed forever. Yeah. And when you think wow. about it, no one's thinking about the storm. Mm -hmm. You just saw a man get delivered and a whole city come to Christ. <sighs> no one cares about that storm. Yeah. But here's the deal. You're fighting for territory. When you're yep. on that boat and the winds are blowing, you don't realize like on the other side of this storm is a demoniac getting delivered in a whole city getting transformed. Come on. You're preaching out to my heart now. Come on. Come on. We're just not getting cities in comfort alone. It's not going to happen. We've got to fight for our regions. We've got to fight yeah. for our destiny. We've got to fight for territory. I mean, that's what the kingdom is. So. Yeah. You know, we've got to endure. We've got to go through the storms, but for a moment, mm -hmm. but we've got to go through it to get to the other side and experience cities being transformed because, you know, we said yes. Amen. Amen. I love that so much. And, you know, you said something really powerful in there. You said there's this strange moment where the demons recognized it, but the disciples were still in unbelief. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it. Isn't that crazy? And I think God, in his mercy, in the storm, he's rooting out unbelief. He's changing us in the process. You know, I was talking to some of my leaders and some things because we're actually believing we want to do a big evangelistic meeting in RVA. And I told them, I said, we need to wait on God. I said, he wants to do something in us before he does something through us. And yeah, right now, so many leaders have just been going through the ringer and we got to surrender. We got to let them do it in us, man. We got to go through the storm and get all the unbelief out <laughs> so that so true. I we can lay down and say, God, yes. <laughs> you know, remember said the way in was the way on. And it's like, mm. I always felt like ministry. Like I know a lot of people in ministry that are, they just strive so hard. Yeah. But I always felt like ministry is just an overflow of your intimacy with the Lord. Yeah. And, is. you know, when it's not a job to you and it's not something that is just like a business, then mm -hmm. I think you can have a real place of purity in serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, 2020 happened and all the lockdowns and all the craziness. But we also saw so many like high profile ministers fall and ministries mm -hmm. collapse. Yeah. And it's a real moment where when what you have built your identity on freezes, you're now yeah. on this balcony of boredom. Mm -hmm. And so you start giving into the lust of the flesh. And the truth is, if this is really just an, if your life in God, and when I say ministry, everybody's called to a microphone and a keyboard, but 
your world, your ministry is your world, everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. It has to be an overflow of that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Like that is, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not here. I'm like usually the least educated person in the room. I dropped out of ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I'm not here because I'm smart. I'm here because I'm in love with Jesus. You know what I mean? Amen. God set me free and encountered my life and I'll never look back. I and love that. I always look at ministry as just an overflow. Yeah. And so for me, you know, if there's God-sized needs going on, then he's got to fill them because we can't, you know? I love that so much. You know, one of my life's verses, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, love they it. took note and they were amazed. These men had been with Jesus. <laughs> love it. Love it. Because I did get a a few business degrees, but I'm taught by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, amen. Absolutely. I love it. Well, this has been so much fun. You're going to have to come back and we're going to have to go over some revival history. I know. You're a hungry one, I can tell. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, is there anything burning on your heart you want to say directly to our listeners before you go? Well, I just feel, you know, here we are, it's January, you know, and I feel that, man, God really told me this was going to be a year of miracles, that Mm -hmm. this was going to be a year that the goodness of God just runs us over, man. Like, like we are going to see so many miracles this year. And I feel like how we start this year off is going to matter. And I just want to pray that our eyes are opened to the reality of the supernatural and what God is doing. And we've got to believe that this is our year of miracles. So let me pray that way for everybody. Father, I just thank you for your presence that's already on this call. I thank you for your stirring in us of revival and just a heart for you. And Father, I pray and I just declare and I prophesy that this is a year of miracles, Mm -hmm. that 2023 will be a year of signs and wonders and light and love and the goodness of God. We thank you for supernatural grace. A great grace would fall upon everybody listening. And I thank you that the eyes of our understanding would be open. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you and that we would see you clearer and hear you clearer than we ever have. We thank you for it now. 2023 will be the greatest year with you, Lord. And I thank you for great fruit that is going to be displayed through lives because there's a harvest attached to our Mm -hmm. yes. So we just say yes again to you, Jesus. We just Mm -hmm. say yes, have your way, not our lives, but yours. Whatever you want to do, we'll do. Wherever you want us to go, we'll go. Our Yes. yes is the loudest thing we have this year and we give it to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes to all of that, Jesus. You heard my yeses. <laughs> yeah, amen. So good. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. This has oh, been such a pleasure. thank you. I loved it. Oh, good. I'm yeah, so what, what glad. Yeah, an honor. Good. I'm so glad. Well, I hope and I pray that today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and the resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira or anywhere you get your podcasts. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, James Levesque. And be sure to pick up a copy of his new book, 10 Prophetic Values for Today. Until next week. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.